Hey guys, welcome back. BDCKR here. We're back with Season 6, Episode 23 of our weekly P and Q and C and A and T, a bloated version of Q&As with which the only sort of pertinent information for people is that if you want to access this in podcast format, if you're currently on the video, you can do that by checking out the link in the description of the video, or the links, I should say, because there's a variety of links to listen to it on almost all the major yeah. platforms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think we can get with that straight into the questions. Uh, our first question comes from Cambrin, and it starts off with, thanks for answering my questions, guys. Much appreciated. May I suggest you guys make a video on chainable specials? I'm not sure in your archives you've ever made one. And we, we actually have not. And I think it, it's an interesting question, but mainly because to me, this chainable specials is something that's really easy, easily testable. You don't need us for that. Yeah. If you've got the character, either you've got the character and you can play with them, or you don't have the character and you can't play with them, but everybody does basics. Mm -hmm. You'll do a basic combo, you'll do a swipe combo, or a tap combo with a combo ender, and then you can just try. Yeah. Everybody's got a special one. It's trivially easy to get a special two when you unlock it. I, I, it's been so long for most of our characters, but I think it... Uh, when when you've uh, hit level five, or is I don't that the, the gears? Exactly. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but you 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 actually don't need us for that. What's actually more interesting that you will need us for? So here's a perfect example. So we've got our Justice League for the people who aren't watching the podcast. We've got our Justice League team, and it's Wonder Woman who's got the Tantu Totem, and she tags in yeah. with Master's Death Card. Mm -hmm. So. Not everybody does this. She has enough range on her special two. Yeah, because it's the... Or special two. Yeah. yeah. So when she tags in and she's using Master's Death Card and doing those little pitter-patter hits to get her second bar of power... Yeah. That pushes the opponent back when they're not blocking. Mm hmm So you need a character whose range on special two is big enough so that the, the hits will reach. Yeah. An example of the worst person for this is probably Doomsday, right? Where all of his specials can miss... Yes, because he's well, except the for supers. Dude. So it, another person who you would otherwise think would be really good, which is um, Bounty Hunter Lobo. Yeah, because he has the passive where, if I recall correctly, it will boost each time you successfully complete a special two. So being able to do a special two with Lobo over and over again would be great. Except he whiffs on the first few hits when you do a special two and you're using Master's Death Cart for your second bar of power. Yeah, if you if you don't wait until they close the distance, and then it's sort of a pain in the butt. Because if normally if you're using uh, doing right out of Master Death Card, there's also like a good chance that you're gonna be unblocked, right? It gives you that opportunity right. to have them get wailed on a little bit, so they're not attacking, right. and then combo into it as soon right. as you can. Right. So the most useful, I, I guess, it's on top of that, it's hard to make a video out of it, right? Like yeah. The way where it doesn't involve. I mean, maybe this is not the best <laughs> way to explain it, but we're pretty lazy, and the the, the videos that require a lot of um, editing yeah. and grouping stuff together and planning a lot, which it would because what you're doing is you're going through all the different guys, you're figuring out who does what and figuring out or setting up a fight where you can demonstrate really well where they're the star and you're doing this. Yeah, because basically we do about an hour of content a week and there's very minimal editing. So the amount of time it takes per minute of content we make is probably not more than like four four minutes I would say right it maybe for, takes for us each four times as long to make each sort of like unit of content are you counting the time that we're letting it code while we're just not no I'm not counting that okay right just it, in terms of like 
recording the audio, yeah. which is normally once or sometimes twice for shorter, more information-heavy videos, right. not like this one, right? Right, And then it's the, the filming time, right? Well, and I, then maybe I, I some script work. Maybe I, I don't count the filming time only because um, I'm sitting on the... On the toilet, anyways. Playing. Yeah. So it's it's all found time. I mean, I'm playing anyways, but the difference is, maybe I'm letting my device overheat a little bit more. Or you could be, you know, reading or doing something else there. I guess so that's it's, true. It's opportunity cost. I guess that's even true. if it's not like a big one. Even if it's not like you're sitting in this studio somewhere. So, so that's two times. And whenever there's a thought, I mean, the, this I, I like to write down notes about things that we want to talk about. But yeah, maybe I'm I'm, I'm guessing actually closer to maybe two and a half times. Yeah. Because I don't think. But then we count a, both our times for the actual recording time. Well, that's true. So that would be three and a Man half. Man hours, so, that's true. Whatever. Uh, anyways. That it, makes it, sense. It, the, the multiplier is actually not that high. And for this content, it's actually pretty low because the amount of scripting that needs to be done is really, really low. It's basically just the questions and then some notes. Right. Uh, but the notes probably take, when I'm like reading through the notes before the video, yeah. probably takes like five, ten minutes at that's most. True. Right? So it's less if you skim. Right? Yeah. So the, um, but that sort of video would take testing it with each character, yep. uh, recording it, all the in-between stuff. So the, the actual time that you're recording for the character is maybe 10 seconds of footage per character and, at most. And it lends itself more to a description. Yeah. Like maybe like a if we had a blog, a blog post or something, right? Yeah. And then the cuts in between it require watching all the raw footage again. So it probably takes at least a minute for maybe 10 seconds of footage. It's going right. to take you a minute to uh, view that, to cut down to the 10 seconds of footage, and then probably another minute or two to find the right place to clip and edit it together. Yeah. So already right there, you've got like five times as long uh, just in sort of getting the raw footage together. And that's not including figuring out each thing, if there's something to say about each of them, which I mean, maybe there's, maybe there isn't. But right. we're not want to do no voiceover for stuff normally. Yeah. So maybe an intro voiceover. So like for that kind of thing, it would be a lot of content. It would take a ton of time. It would probably take, like like I was saying, for 10 seconds of footage, right? The 60 seconds to film, the whatever. Yeah. It would probably be taking like, maybe 15, 20 times as long for every for every minute of footage. It would take maybe 15, 20 minutes to make it. And there would yeah. be a lot if we were doing all the characters. Right. So I'm more interested... Like, that kind of informational stuff might have been worth doing at some point. I'm actually more interested in the overall strategy, like how everything fits together. Yeah. So that's why I think we'll you'll still see every once in a while some, a multiplayer team that's interesting to us. Yeah. But not that kind of really... Like, this. the level of chaining is more nuts and bolts, and... I think you really just figure it out by playing guys that you like because even if you just because you can chain isn't enough to make a team that you don't like to play worthwhile playing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Because you still got even if you're chain, you still got to get the basic combo in. And if you can get the basic combo in, then there's you don't need to have the chain. I mean, you see our fights. We don't actually chain a lot at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think not when we're talking more about the nuts and bolts of video making itself mm. i think we can talk about something that a really like a while while ago when injustice was a lot more popular and we we're actually getting people that had more sort of baseline level of understanding we or and by we i mean me probably more than you considered making a sort of series of like quick snappy 
like basic sort of like introductory to like mechanics right. and gameplay and right. ideas and sort of like the higher level of uh, a little bit of the higher level of play like you know how to swipe to like we did sort of a version oh, we of did. that with the how to swipe 200% and but how to tap 200% yeah too. but just something even more sort of like basic for uh, like looking at like strategies right because we we've done sort of more complex versions like, we did how to build a multiplayer yeah, team how to build yeah. an MP team yeah. and we did like how to swipe 200% on specials but we were gonna consider uh, making sort of like a series of snappier videos that had sort of not exactly like what chainable specials for every character would be but maybe a description of what a chainable special is and how to take right. advantage of it in right. general but i think the ship has sort of sailed because i think most people who still play this game have played it for a while and the number of incoming players are small enough that it's not worth making videos for those people yeah well and let's face it too right the difference is now you're you're not in high school anymore that's true i don't have as much time to put into videos right yeah so I guess, unfortunately, we're we're not answering questions, but I think really you could answer it for us by telling who you've been using that's chain that you chain the specials with, and maybe everybody else who talks can can make a comment about what teams they like to use that have a specific uh, combo that chains. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. It's sort of a crowdsourced answer. Actually, can I mention something? I just thought you uh, can. What's been happening this week since we started talking? I mean, talking about you going to school and stuff. Maybe yeah. think a little bit about what's happening in real life. Um, this is the first time in a long time I've gotten excited about a, a purchase that I made. Mm. That's going to be coming. I think in the next couple of days. I mean, well, actually, if we're going to be talking about stuff, it's 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 helping assuage. My disappointment in the Raptors losing Game Five yeah. against the Golden State Warriors and having to he- head back to um, California mm-hmm. to for Game Six. But anyways, um, there was a big price. I'm thinking it's a price error for the uh, the Lenovo Y540. Mm. So this is going to be my first laptop. I uh, and with the sort of the Ebates, I guess that's I don't know if everybody knows that that's that website where you can get money back if you start navigating to those sites from the eBay yeah, site. Yeah, it's like a cash back percent right. thing. So there's a 9% cash back. Not sponsored, obviously. Right. We no, just no, no, use yeah, them. Yeah, we just use them. But um, they basically, with tax all in, it's going to be about 1300 bucks. Canadian. Canadian. For a laptop that is it's supposed to be a gaming laptop, which is funny because, you know, I don't really game much and I'm not going to be yeah, gaming much. not on PC. But for that price... Uh, the processor. So, uh, uh, do you know the, the processor on the computer that we're using right now? I don't know. It is first generation uh, i7. Oh my god! Wow. So, so old, old, old. This new one is based on the ninth generation mobile uh, CPU that just came out in April. i7, not i9, but i7. So, so I'm hoping it's going to be really a lot faster and make making these videos easier and maybe. I mean, what we're still looking for is the time, right? When we, we talk yeah. about making these videos, our most precious resource now is the time because we're kind of busy. Yeah. And if there's anything that can buy us some time, but part of it is the frustration so that when, we, you know, we, we do try to get these out relatively quickly, especially when there's a glitch. Um, and, it's, you know, we usually film and upload the same day for most things. Yeah, we, we do our best. So hopefully that's going to make a difference. difference. But I, what I'm really excited about is that the specs on this laptop are almost every way better than the desktop mm-hmm. um, at least in the ways that matter with the CPU and the the quality of the RAM if not the amount yeah and yeah it's gonna be pretty cool 
So that's that's something to look forward to. Maybe videos being edited a little bit faster. Yeah. And it might finally make sense for us to use a video editing software other than Movie Maker. Yes. So that probably won't change a lot on the front end just because I can't imagine us putting a lot more work into editing or needing to. Yeah, but, but what uh, I'm hoping is that it'll just be it'll just be faster. Yeah. And, and and better at it. Yeah, that's the goal. So maybe we'll do another question before I, I want to talk about some other stuff, but mm -hmm. another question first? Yeah, another quick question. Uh, this one comes from Ryan Singh, and they say, hey, do you guys know if there's any way to unban your iOS Injustice account? And the short answer is mm, not really. Yeah, not in any way that, in the way that matters the most. Yeah. Because, um, all right, so let me, I, we should probably talk about some of the strategies people use that they, they call an unbanning of the account. So one way is to duplicate the account. Mm -hmm. And if you want to get into the description about how we do it, it's actually on our Patreon page. It's one of the unlocked uh, posts. Yeah. Maybe if I remember, I'll put a uh, a link up in the description. I should probably just make a quick note here. Yeah, or you can just that. go to our patreon.com slash bdckr because we, we have found that it's easier to put all of our sort of text in one place on our Patreon right. page. Right. And, and some of it will be patron exclusives, some are not, but that, that is definitely not. Yeah. Um, so when you duplicate it, the problem with that is, well, initially you used to get banned relatively quickly. Yeah. Within a few fights. Now it seems like there might be a delay, but ultimately you get banned by the beginning of next season. And you don't get your rewards, right? Right. So it's almost like there's no point. There's yeah, it lets you play online, but it doesn't let you do anything. Right. And it's more than just the fact that whatever it was that got your account banned is still there. Because sometimes I know that if you fix whatever it is that got your account banned, yeah, then there's something marking it, whatever it is that when you make a duplicate of it, that triggers it again, independent Anyways, of yeah. whatever the original reason was. Mm -hmm. So you can also bypass the ban by quick tapping. Like when you go to online battle... You quick tap the area where the choose your um, your opponents or whatever choose the fight. Yeah. And or find opponents. It was perfect. It just came up on screen right now. Uh, find opponents and on iOS apparently you can play until the end of the ladder. On Android at least we get banned before the end of the the or sorry before the beginning of the next fight. So. I mean, there's almost no point. Yeah, like, neither of them feel like particularly useful solutions. So unfortunately, the long and the short of it is you can contact support and support doesn't seem to really be interested in helping people right. all that much. I think you might be better off if you have spent money on in-app purchases, maybe slightly, because yeah. you're sort of the people that they actually are invested in keeping uh, playing. Right. But uh, other than that, you're sort of out of luck. Yeah, because the funny thing is, I mean... For some people, they think the value of multiplayer... I mean, we call, keep on calling it multiplayer. Technically, it's just online battle. Yeah, because it's not multiplayer. There's one player. Right. It's only you. Um, so they think the value... And you might notice that the fights that we're doing for people who are actually watching this as a video, we're, because it's a, a Phantom Week, Phantom Zone Week, we're manipulating the fights and not doing the, the ultimates every time. They're just to try yeah. to get through Phantom Zone as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. And you'll see one of the advantages of the, the Justice League team. Did I call it Injustice team before? It's the Justice League team with New 52 Wonder Woman. It's adaptable enough so that it's effective for winning while being able to meet a broad range of the requirements. Yeah. So, um, 
what were we talking about? We were talking about the getting banned, the value of playing uh, online battle. Yeah, so to me, the value is actually multiplayer rewards. Yeah, it's it's good for longevity because it gives you a variety of people to face off against. But at the end of the day, that's less important than the rewards. Right. Because the rewards gives you more variety of content to make. And I think the game would not do well without uh, online battle just because if you are fa- if you had to pick a ladder and you faced against the same people each time, right. and it was basically just the variety of uh, effects, like yep. arena effects, or what are they called? The uh, When you go into the battle, right? Oh. Modifiers? Right. Yeah. Whatever the term is. Uh, that would not be great because I think that would get pretty repetitive pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, especially because you don't see a lot of gear, right? Right. But uh, there... There's definitely value in both things, but I think the main value is that when you're playing online battle, whether it's an interesting fight or not, you're working towards something, which is the reward. Well, all right. So there's an example. So what you you were playing a it was a console or computer game recently that was mainly a single player. Um, which game are you talking about? I can't remember. I know we were talking about the idea that there's a limited amount of time, and part of the reason why the online content is useful is because there's enough variety that makes the game last longer. Uh, oh, Titanfall, maybe? Maybe. Or yeah. maybe Bloodborne, one of the two. One of the probably. two. Probably. Uh, yeah, no, it, I think there there's something to be said for single-player experiences, but you don't generally uh, play single-player experiences for insane, like, incredible, really long amounts of time. Right. And that's sort of usually reserved for multiplayer games. Because for a single-player game, the only content is content the developers have specifically right. made for you, or in some way... Uh, made available to you if it's like in the terms of like procedural generation right. or stuff like that so this is why a game like injustice is kind of interesting because what we're talking about is we're five years in yeah and i mean granted if we weren't doing these videos we probably wouldn't be playing nearly as much and we may not have been playing as long but it's still attracting an audience and it's still got some players that have been there for the long haul that have been around for a long long time yeah and the way they do it is a lot different than console games, right? Because you can't find... Like, they're, what they're doing is they're releasing new content. Yeah, they're basically releasing uh, DLC that is a weird mix between free and paid, depending on how easy it is to get, right? Like, technically right. free DLC that's paid. And that sort of, like, timed, like, content release system is actually more in line with multiplayer games. Right. And, and how they're how they're structured. You see this sort of like regular updates with new content in a game like, for example, Overwatch, right? Where they have to keep releasing new characters and maps and stuff to play with to make more combinations. Or they don't have to, but they do. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's interesting. They're they're the sort of scheme for this is I think it's more common in the mobile game space, but it's not like a lot of other sort of big games. And right. this game has a surprising amount of content for being you know a mobile game. Right. Okay. Have we there said we as go. much as we... I think so. Yeah, I think we so. Got... Well, I mean, we're talking about banning and unbanning accounts, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah, when your account is banned, I think it's that banned. kills... It kills all the value, to me at least, because there's only so much you can play offline. Yeah. And they would not have any near, near the longevity. Especially and once with... you've beaten the challenge, you've beaten the challenge. You're never going to find stuff that's going to be on your level again. You either have guys that right. are not good enough, good enough, or too good. Right. Right, and there's not a lot of sort of variety within that. Yeah. Or right. something else that's been on my mind in the last uh, couple of weeks, actually. Yeah. So there's been a lot of news about meatless burgers, 
and that the companies supplying the meat alternatives are uh, going pu- have gone public. Mm. So what's interesting to me is that there's a an assumption with meatless products that it's somehow better for the environment. I, I'm thinking it probably is. Yeah. But it may not necessarily be better for us. Because there's layers. And I think the layer that most people uh, look at is every step in the sort of food chain, you lose right. a ton of energy. Right. Right? You have a lot of, like, mammals, right? Anytime a mammal eats something, you lose a lot of energy to heat. Right? right. You turn different nutrients into, you know... Yeah, right. Basically, every level exchange, you're, there's an inefficiency built yeah. in. Yeah. There's... there's Basically... The idea is that there's a process, and when we're talking about energy, we really are talking about, like, at its most basic level, things that can turn into ATP. Okay, yeah, that's way too technical right? for me, but yes, I agree but, with you. So the idea is that w- everything stores energy in some form, and it spends a little bit of energy to store it. It's not free. It, like, that's right. basically st- stacks it up into storage somehow, yep, yep, yep. and then we have to pull it back out of storage, and then maybe put it back into storage again. And each time yeah. along that process, um, you know, we you you lose a bunch of energy. And right. so that's that's sort of the the one the most basic level is that you'd expect it to be a lot a lot more energy efficient because instead of all the like grass you have to feed a cow, for example, instead of growing grass, you grow something else and then you feed it straight to the person. Right. 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 So that's for like you know burger right. replacements, burger substitutes. But so here's the thing that I was thinking of. Um, so there's going to be a lower net cost, I think, for going meatless. Yeah. Um, but it isn't obvious to me, even though it's still likely, that it's going to be a lower cost overall in resources for a given amount of nutrition. And so let me explain, right? So um, calories, almost definitely, you'll be good enough, but micronutrients, maybe not. And the reason I say this is the one, like, for example, uh, iron yeah. that's found in plants is not very well absorbed and it goes back to some basic science and i was looking this up because it was interesting to me um ferric iron is ferric form which is three plus yeah doesn't get absorbed very easily and that's almost exclusively the iron that you find in plants and ferrous which is what you can find in animal um like sort in meat and uh meat products is ferrous which is much better absorbed so what you're gonna need to do is find some way because you're gonna have to figure oh, out that's because of that's because of its charge right yes that's interesting and, and so the the I, I guess the problem is so the micronutrients might be an issue and just because it's meatless it might be better for the environment in terms of the l- lower energy charge but that's again i guess it depends on how efficient you are at the lab facility converting it into something that resembles meat before it gets to you yeah it depends on what processes you're doing right and, oh. and what uh, what the cost is of the substrates. And again, I think likely it's going to be cheaper as yeah. an overall cost. Um, but I'm not 100% sure of that. That's that's one of those things where it's like when you talk about electric cars, where they are like, yeah, well, the problem is if you're getting your electricity from an inefficient and polluting source, right. you feel like electricity is green, is a clean energy. But if your electricity is coming from a coal plant, uh, your your electric car can be much right. more or much less green depending on where you're driving right. it and where you're filling up. We're in a place like Ontario. Right. We're pretty it's, green. A lot of it is hydro and some of it's nuclear. Yeah. So it's interesting, right? Because it's it's gonna it, it probably is good. Ultimately, it's probably gonna be good. Yeah. Because your sources of electricity are getting cheaper. Yeah. And um, more renewable, like with wind and solar. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of what's actually making coal plants obsolete. It's not that uh, it's polluting. It's that 
solar and wind are getting cheaper yeah and being more competitive mm-hmm and uh, something else that's interesting too is I think for meat substitutes the sort of cost per unit is one of those things that right now the number of units being sold are relatively low and right. they're relatively high cost right so the energy cost per unit and the actual like money cost per unit are is going to be much higher unless we get a much larger dot base right yes because you know it doesn't and, and i think it'll happen i mean we've seen that with so much technology i remember when led light bulbs were just so expensive yeah right? but meatless burgers are different from tech because people tend to be a little more picky about the food that goes into them all right so and here's the other thing too so when we're talking meatless burgers um so there's less animal protein but there and maybe there's less animal saturated fats which may or may not be bad for you yeah but in order to make them palatable they're dumping a whole lot of salt into it Mm -hmm. which is bad for a lot of people if not all people and they're putting a lot of fat in it to make it more flavorful too yeah and i mean we're talking about meatless burgers there's also obviously just like black bean burgers right when we're saying research and development but we're we're talking more about stuff that's meant to be like an actual sort of oh almost almost as good as meat right in like tastes very similar to meat sort of like the beyond meat burger right and the i think impossible where they've got the heme like the vegetable source yeah so that's the bloody part that makes it taste even closer that makes it sizzle and makes it bleed yeah um so if while we're on this topic i just want to recommend a book for you and for anybody else who's listening um there's a book called how bad are bananas and it, it's about the carbon footprint, which is a relatively simplistic phrase, but the carbon footprint cost of different things that we do. And the example from the title is bananas. And you'd think transportation of bananas from a tropical locale to, you know, Canada yeah. would have a huge environmental cost. And it's not intuitively obvious how good it is because it gets shipped by... Uh, C for a big chunk of it, mm. and the cost of that is actually relatively low. Interesting. Okay. So it's written by Mike Berners-Lee, and the little bit of trivia there is that's the brother of Tim Berners-Lee, who was the inventor of the World Wide Web. Mm. So, yeah, I, I would Not recommend... Not the same cultural impact as his brother. No, but it's, it's definitely an interesting book, and it was... Um, it really puts things in perspective a little bit. I mean, it's not going to really be a practical di- guide for doing stuff, but it gives you know, some context and perspective on the kind of cost involved in different things that we do that might not be obvious. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think it's interesting. And the, the one reason why I think, uh, meat substitute burgers are probably going to be way better for energy cost, at least, uh, when the like research phase is not factored in. So that's assuming probably like a certain adopt base or a certain amount of time after they've been developed Right. is because the energy inefficiency of stuff can be as high as like 95 percent sure so like when you look at like everything that a cow has to eat in its entire lifetime before the meat gets to your plate right and then you look at the like number and it's farts of, yeah so when the, you look when methane. you look at the number of calories consumed by everything from the very sort of lowest level all the way to the piece of meat on your plate the number right. of calories it took to lead to the number of calories in your piece of meat can be really like a fractional fractional Yep. So I know um, that's one of the things. So this is, um, I did some research because we really like Heifer International as a charity. Absolutely. And I did a bunch of research into it to figure out how good it was as a charity. And um, I learned that they do pretty good in terms of getting the money to the uh, people. There's the efficiency. Yep. So they're, they're pretty good at distributing their services. And the issue that they have 
is that the, a lot of their products focus on giving people stuff like milk. And in developing countries, there can be a, a, like a pretty high percentage of people who are lactose intolerant. Right. So the distribution is not great. Uh, the sort of environmental impact on it is that apparently in not, not in every case that they've given it out, has there been great sources of water? So uh, it's hard to uh, keep the uh, livestock right. uh, healthy, and they've sort of had to like balance out who gets water, the livestock or them. So that's not always best. And the other thing that can be a little bit of an issue is that people critique Heifer International because there are a lot of far superior things to do that aren't growing livestock, where people like the idea of giving gifts of livestock. And right. uh, there can be stuff that has way less impact on the surrounding flora and fauna. That can like a negative be, impact. That can be way more energy efficient, use right. less water. So I forget, there's one type of... Um, I think legume or bean or something like that, that was uh, supposed to be like hugely more water efficient. So right. it would work to d be distributed to almost anybody, uh, produce way more energy and just be generally like the better option for a lot of land to, mm. uh, you know, farm, uh, but not livestock to farm this specific type of, I think it, some sort okay. of plant. So the fact that you even said it and know the difference between a bean or legume is just like I have I have no idea I know that beans are all kind of funny all the things that we call beans yeah um, but I don't I, know what the difference between them is <laughs> I, I'm pretty you, sure there is a difference you, you use them so confidently I was convinced yeah but so um, that's that's something that's quite interesting uh, so that's just you know it's not a condemnation of Heifer International because they do what they say on the tin it's just an understanding that there's sort of extra layers to everything right and that just because they do what they say on the tin we tend to have an idea of the, the thing that they say they're doing sounds better than it is right in in execution and they do exactly what they say they're gonna do and it sounds really good especially from like a first world perspective where we're like oh yeah give them a cow right it gives you milk right. and then you know i like burgers and i like milk so that's that's a great gift for uh for somebody in a third world country yeah. but then when you actually dig into the nitty-gritty of it there can be a lot of extra sort of um factors that you right. don't don't include but i think part of it is they, they do the water stuff too they, they can do the water stuff, yeah. And that's why if you're donating to charity like that, you're probably better off not doing the thing. Because when, especially when you're giving it as a gift, the problem is what will make the most money, uh, which will be able to be put forward to helping people, and what will uh, be the most efficient per dollar spent at helping people are different, right? Where if right. people love to say, I bought you a goat or I bought you a cow, right? For, well, the same way for, that people don't like to give money but give gift certificates yeah, instead. Yeah, so people like to be able to say, hey, somebody of needy family has a goat now because of you. Right. I don't think as many people would be as happy to say a needy family has a small crop of, like, beans because of you, right? <laughs> like, that's a, that's a harder sell. Yes. Um, to, to have a gift certificate that says, we, we gave somebody 20 pounds of bean starter starter seeds or starter beans beans, starter grow, beans. From beans. beans grow from beans so i don't um I, but yeah so it's it's definitely it's definitely a question of if they did a more efficient charity model would they even get support the same way right right, right. and, and that, that's got you can't ignore that yeah you have to take that into account so i guess to close on this uh meat is not energy efficient but there's a million different like factors that you have to consider when you're doing anything where you're switching over from one system to another right for uh resource expenditure and there's a lot of factors that you're probably not considering even if you're considering a lot 
Right. I'd imagine that short of this being your job, uh, I'd imagine we're, we're probably still missing a ton of yeah. the reasons why one would be better than the other or different or... Oh, yeah. uh, we're just making stuff up. Yeah. We haven't even really done the research or just only enough just to know that we're missing the big picture. Yeah, but I like the idea of eating meat substitutes because the sort of base concept of using less energy appeals to me. Right. There we go. I think we, we've rambled enough. That's I think that's the closest we're going to get to like a concluding statement for that. <laughs> um, our next question comes from TOTMG's Rock XD, and they say, hmm, why not give Deathstroke the Ibistick, Tantu Totem, and Master Death Guard, though, focusing on Special 2? Special 1 doesn't do as much damage as Special 2 for Deathstroke. I tested it. The damage over time applied for at the last hit is also extremely overpowered when combined with the Ibistick. The result is that you inflict like 470,000 plus damage with a Special 2, plus massive damage from the damage over time applied. It's super overpowered. So this is a comment about the Flashpoint team. Yeah. Or a question, really. Flashpoint Deathstroke's gear on the Flashpoint right. team. Right, so the difference is, instead of our loadout with... Basically everything's the same, except they are suggesting that we switch out League of Assassins Knives. Yeah, which is splash damage on special one. Right, and also I think uh, crit chance on special one. Yeah. For... I think so. Or is it boost? I can't even remember. It doesn't even matter. doesn't matter. Really the the main damage. one is splash damage. Yeah, yeah 50% splash damage. And mm-hmm. switch that out for the Iba stick, which gives a power gen boost. Oh, um, League of Assassin's Knives also gives a power gen boost, but bigger. Yeah. Um, plus boost to special one and special two. Yeah. And uh, damage over time. Mm-hmm. Oh, it crashed. 10% damage Injustice over time. Injustice crashed. Right? Uh, yeah. Um, so, w- the, here's, I guess there's a few points. One is that Special 2 can do more damage, but if you've got a balanced team like we do, um, Special 2 doing more damage isn't really necessary because Special 1 does enough to knock out the first person usually. Yeah, and um, if not, the second one usually does too. Right, right. Um, and it's easier to get to one bar, right? So when when you have... Um, all right, maybe I'll get into that later, but so the advantages of Special 1 is, um, and our loadout is, the, because Special 1... Um, there's only one splash damage gear, and that's League of Assassin's Knives, but that gives a 50% boost. Yeah. And the best uh, special two splash damage, I believe, outside from the Ares-specific one, where only Ares can do it, which is 20%, mm-hmm. is 15% from uh, the mace. And yeah. it's possible that the Master's Death Cart could be a little bit higher. I don't even remember what the number is, but the problem is that splash damage isn't as instantaneous and you need the, the, the opponent to stay off screen, and eventually it dribbles down, but most of the time if you knock them out and they tag their teammate out and they tag in, yeah, you're not doing nearly as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, the other part then is because you're doing splash damage, the one thing that slows down fights, Astro Harness, it doesn't slow down as much because... They're already really low. You've probably blazed past one or maybe two of their... Right. Uh, shields by the time you get to them right so i'm not saying that the, the that ibis stick strategy using special two is not uh, is not a good one yeah i still like the special one because all right so when you take into account with the first person that uh, that's on the opponent's team the 50 percent splash damage on each of their team members um and up to you know 50 percent of the the 100 percent of the special one if all the hits land which they don't because if we're doing too much damage it won't land right yeah um special one probably does more damage because you're doubling the amount of damage from the splash. Yeah. Right? 100 plus 50 plus 50, you're doubling the damage. 
Um, and this is to me, this is the best loadout for dealing with a special avoiding team like Reverse Flash, Dawn Justice Batman, Wally West, because when as long as one of the teammates are vulnerable, if you bring in Deathstroke on that teammate, yeah, you're wiping out the special avoider. Oh, and power damping too. Mm-hmm. And with yeah, with that with that high damage for the special too. I guess the the question is if we tested it out or if uh, this commenter commented back. I'm not going to read out the name again because it's a little longer. But uh, if it's powerful enough that even if somebody's blocking, that you're kill uh, like knocking out everybody in one hit every time. Yeah. Then you know that's just as good, right? Obviously, right. Uh, you're in a position where there's no real way to screw up, right? It's right. using sort of a lower number of special twos, and you're getting your power back. Then that's a that's a great strategy too. Uh, it's hard to imagine being much better than the current loadout. Right. So at best, it's probably somewhere around equivalent with not sort of those uh, off cases where... Because really what you have to consider is if it's both not crit and blocked, if it's still yeah. knocking people out. Yeah. And that's really the worst sort of scenarios that you run into, is when it's not crit or blocked, or yeah. when you're only hitting with the tail end after some invulnerability, uh, right. like Astro Harness, where you're getting like only maybe like half the hits or like one oh. hit. And here's the thing, too. I mean, with somebody like Astro Harness, when you've got two bars of power and I can do two special ones, right? I can take them through a couple of invulnerabilities yeah. without tagging out. Right? Special two, if you're going to do special two, you're going to have to tag out to, to get it. That's true. Yeah. Um, and so let's say we're doing the... So now we're going to demonstrate the Flashpoint team. Um, but I, I, I actually agree about the uh, damage over time because that's not a using special two is actually not a bad strategy when you want to satisfy the requirements of the phantom zone yeah but um you know if i had two equivalent teams that were just as effective um but one relied on special two and one relied on special one i think i'd go for the special one almost every time just because if something goes wrong and let's say somebody hits you with claw of horus and you don't um recover all your power yeah it takes way less to build up to special one than a special two mm-hmm. there we go uh, our next question i think if we're ready to move on yep comes from zachary and <coughs> they say so what's the possibility that one of you guys gets an iphone so you guys can play on both it's all right if you don't you guys are awesome anyways and I want to say, first off, thanks for the question, and thanks for phrasing it like this, because normally uh, the version we get isn't rude, per se, but this is definitely <laughs> this is definitely more polite. This is nicer than the normal version we get, which is yeah. not to say that the normal version we get is not nice. All right, so what do you think? What's the chance that you're going to get an iPhone? Basically, not at all. I like Android. I like customizing my uh, device. I like Nova Launcher and being able to do all that app customization, and I don't think you can do it as well on apple and if you can uh i'm not interested in doing all the work to figure it out right. i'm i'm generally happy with android and i don't uh as far, and most importantly i'm happy with the price of getting that's a pretty good android say. device that's what i was gonna yeah, say so getting you know if i was if i was choosing between like a brand new like samsung for example and an iphone it might be harder but i'm never choosing between right. stuff that's top of the line so it's sort of prices the main right. factor. So this is why it's so exciting to me for the the computer too that I mentioned earlier. It's a it's the, the Lenovo Wi-Fi 40, and it's the max spec one. And in Canadian dollars, it, when they brought it back on after the yeah. price error, it's twenty two hundred bucks. And just for the recap, it was thirteen hundred bucks when you purchased it after everything. Right. And if I'm going to be using, I'm not using it for gaming, but I mean, 
even then, thirteen hundred, I think, is a pretty reasonable price. Yeah. And it's gonna give. Yeah, I just. Anyways, um, but maybe I should. You know this, but maybe I'll just talk about it for people who might be listening. Mm-hmm. I have been using a Sony Ericsson C905 for my phone up until March of this year. Which is a slide phone? It's a slider phone. It's that been has good. like 12 keys on it. Yes, it is a bear to have to text on that. Yeah, it, it was awful. You had to like install like a texting dictionary and your text would take forever and which meant basically I'm not texting. Your longer messages were like, where you at? And I would watch <laughs> you try to text that and it would take you like more than I think like a full minute to get that. Or yeah. maybe not quite, but yeah. it would take you a significant amount of time. It would like, it was laborious and it was painful to watch. Yeah. So I, I, I finally switched from that dumb phone to the LG G6 this year and we've used it in an emergency in a pinch to film some footage. Um, but our main playing and filming phone is the Moto G 3rd Gen, mainly because it's old enough and it was cheap enough that I didn't mind rooting it and voiding any kind of potential warranty. And what it allows us to do, and you can see it in the game right now, is we can do recording with the game audio on the device. Yeah, because most things don't let you do that by default. I think Apple does actually let you do that by default. Which is Does interesting. It? If you yeah, there's a there's a recording functionality where you can screen record that's built in and it gives you full audio. And can you disable the microphone? Uh, I because yeah yeah I think you yeah, can okay. yeah because that that's the most important right. Otherwise, you're, what you're getting is a lot of the background noise. Yeah. When from wherever and whenever you're filming. Yeah. So <laughs> which so may not be what most people want to hear. Interesting, but yeah, Apple can actually do that because I know people can do like screen recording record the device for example if there's like a video on an instagram account that's private and my friend wants to send me it and it's funny uh they can just uh do screen recording and screen record the video and then send that huh interesting yeah and they get they get device audio so i know that that's functionality on the iphone which is actually pertinent to this question yeah well i guess it's the other part even if uh, everything else being equal to i there's parts of apple that i kind of resent yeah um and the best example I could come up with, and I still, you know, I've been saying the same one for years, but the fact that they took their uh, charging jack that was proprietary. Yeah, and then changed it. Changed it. To I, be fair, they've kept with the new one, and it was probably some sort of increase in functionality, harder to break, whatever. But yeah, it sucks that when everybody else was trying to standardize, they changed it again. Right. They did their own thing again and made... uh accessories right. not functional anymore. Because I, I resent Android less for going from micro to a lot of them going for USB-C. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact is because it, all these these devices are interchangeable, it lets you go from Samsung to LG to Huawei to wherever you want, right? With yeah. that, that larger ecosystem. So, yeah. I guess the short answer is that yeah it's pretty much no chance of going to um ios just for nothing else because of cost yeah any one of those reasons i think would be enough is really the answer yeah so there we go our next question comes from awesome gamer 241 and they say hello there i just wanted to let you know that i finally got my love for injustice back from making a new account and it's great 
I just have a question. Do you think it would be better to promote challenge characters or get a constant stream of gold characters for online battles? I'm indecisive and think you two would give me a bit more insight. Thanks. This is interesting because this is a question from somebody who is essentially both a veteran and a new player, right? They find yeah. themselves with like a veteran's knowledge but starting fresh uh, right. and seemingly of their own volition and not from being banned, which is cool. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people who are starting fresh from having played a lot would be very frustrated. That's true. I, but although, I mean, from the phrasing of it, it's quite possible that Awesome Gamer got banned on one account and just decided they were going to build it, but found a joy in building that they didn't expect. That's true. Either way, good on you, Awesome Gamer 241. Yeah. You've been with us for a while, and it's good to know that you're still having fun. Yeah. So what do you think? Uh, I would say that the best thing to do is, if you have enough time, both, basically, where you challenge character... Right, and you yeah. try to get as many copies by playing the challenge, replaying the challenge. If you can get, you mm. know, the eleven copies, uh, or just so that you have enough that you don't need to spend any credits on them, yeah. right? From the week that they're up, that's ideal. And then you can use all the money and the uh, the money in the packs that you get for completing the challenge. Mm. Maybe even complete the challenge on a higher difficulty level for mm -hmm. the because you get a gold pack right at higher difficulty. So I wonder if our perspective on this question might be skewed a little bit by the fact that we started off so long ago, we've been collecting, and that we're still that our our advice is still going to be colored by the idea that collecting is important. Yeah, because uh, I mean basically, like your your constant stream of gold characters for online battles is good to get you enough gold characters that you can play consistently for online rewards, right? Right. And that's that's what that's good for. And the challenge characters, the mediocre challenge characters are still like maybe like mid-tier to up to high-end gold characters. Right. And the best challenge characters are pretty much unrivaled, right? They're like the best of the best. Yeah. So depending on what challenge is in, you definitely want the challenge characters maxed out for... Or the ability to max so, out the challenge characters, not because you don't want to max them out right away for online, depending on how you configure them with your teams, but you definitely want... Oh. The challenge characters are the easiest way to have at high elite level. Okay, so this is interesting to me, because we made a few assumptions when we answered the question. I'm not actually even sure that Awesome Gamer is playing on uh, Android, because there's sort of the, the implied um, assumption that this is promoting challenge characters directly versus paying for the gold pack. Yeah. That's a slightly different question because if you cannot reset the challenge on iOS like you can on Android, oh, that's true. Then what do you do with your 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 credits? Yeah, um, that's a totally different math. Right, and all right. So here's the thing to me: it it really depends on who you like to play. Yeah. Because it's it's a question then of who do you promote? Do you direct promote the really good challenge characters, or do you just buy an overwhelming number of gold packs so that you basically have fully promoted a broad base of yeah. Gold characters. And I think if you're starting out, even for online play, your best bet is actually just get a bunch of gold packs because you don't want your guys fully promoted because that's not going to help you. You're going to get your yourself curb stomped because you're not going to have gear. Yeah, except for the, the... I mean, the one exception would be just having one really good team to get through uh, the offline single-player yeah. mode and farm bonus battle six if you want yeah but the the question here was specifically for online battles so i think just in terms of that you you want one good team so that you can farm gold yeah. 
And yeah, more characters at a lower level is better for online battle early right. on. But you're going to want to work to eventually. Your long-term goal is going to be high elite challenge characters right. with good gear. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes a difference, too, that the matchmaker in online is, is reasonably fair. Yeah. Especially in the lower levels compared to the really top levels where you see a lot of hack teams. And to me, I mean, one of the illustrative points, I guess, is even though it might not seem like it, we don't actually play with a lot of teams. We might have experimented with a lot of people. Mm. But at this point, there's sort of, for the grinding, there's maybe two, maybe three teams that we use a lot. Yeah. And you're seeing both of them, two of them in this video. And um, because we like them, they're fun. And a big part of their fun is the passives. Yeah. And the Challenge characters have better passes. Tend to have better... Right, exactly. So that might actually be a bigger consideration. I mean, if we were starting again, I would really maximize one team that was strong enough, but knowing that it would be a long time before I get to play them because in order to get through single player to get the credits, yeah. to get the gears that I want... And that I, maybe that's a better answer is which should you do spend your credits on? Challenge Gear. credit... Challenge characters or gold characters? Yeah, gear yeah. is what you should spend It's like it that joke that we've told too many times to this channel. Uh, who's the richest superhero? Who's Superman richer? or Spider-Man? It's Batman. Yeah. Um, uh, where, where gear is probably actually more important to your online play experience just to be better in a way that is undetectable. Right? Gear and Survivor are actually, like, for, for augments. Right. And, and gear helps you to grind offline, too. Yeah. And so it's, it's gear is good for everything. It's transferable across characters. The worst that happens when you make a mistake is you waste resources, but the but those there's a smaller chance that you waste it because you can use those gears on anybody else. Yeah, and even crappy gears can still make your guy better. Right? right? When you have less gear, you're when you have a lot of gear and a lot of characters, you're creative about making the best thing possible. Right, right. But when you have less gear uh and worse gear and less variety in characters and worse characters, right. you Play your playstyle shifts as you get more stuff. Right. So that's actually a lot of variety of play. We uh, we didn't have too much of this, but right as you're getting new gear and sort of figuring out what teams you can make, what archetypes you're good at making, right. what sort and of styles you it, can form. Our perspective changed too, right? Because we started off before gear. Yeah. Pre gear, um, and here's the thing too. Pre gear, pre online. Right. There, there are plenty of two and a half star gears that are actually really good. Yeah. To your point about how you know that even if you, even the the some of the crappy gear is going to make a difference. Like Mark of Lady Shiva. Yeah. Is a great basic attack gear. It's only marginally worse than the three and a half star gear, like um, the Blade of the War God. Yeah. Or the um, knife collection. Yeah. Nether uh, Nether Realm Kama. Yeah. Um, all that stuff. There's yeah, and what's good too is that when your gear is when your lower level gear is maxed out, you get more shards from it. Right. So if you max out a one point five star gear, right? If you turn it to a two star gear and you get it all the way up to its top, uh, you're gonna get more shards from that. So right. you get sort of more resources proportionally the more resources that you put in, and because there aren't too many one star gear, right? You're gonna be getting a lot of them. So right. there's actually going to be returns in the long term for upgrading them in the short term. Right. So really, Ooh. everything in gear is worth doing something with. And I'll even say that there's one two and a half star gear that's better than, for its purpose, better than any three and a half star gear. Yeah. Demon Blade. Ooh, so it's yeah. the only gear that will increase the crit chance and give a boost to special two. So if you have a special two specialist, I think you 
you wouldn't go wrong having a slot filled with that, even if you had every other legendary. I mean, I've, we've done it with Ares, right? Yeah. Where Demon Blade is still actually really good on him because it increases the chance that it crits, it boosts the damage so that he's like a real special two specialist because of all the advantages of the unblockable uh, special high damage, uh, splash damage with his blade. Yeah, so for sure, that's the... That's a Bruce Wayne answer. It's that gears are way more important. So there we go. Now, moving on to the last question of the week. This one comes from Barry Allen. And they say, What is the best offensive gear to put on this card, assuming Cloak of Destiny isn't available? And that's the... This card is referring to Batman Ninja Batman. Yeah. I wanted to say Batman Ninja Batman Ninja, but it's not... That's not has his name. It, <laughs> yeah, it's some of the some of the naming conventions have gone a little wonky the longer we've gone. Yeah. Um so the best offensive gear on Batman Ninja Batman Ninja Ninja. He's he's also he's a he's a ninja batman. So he's from Bat he's Batman Ninja Universe. Ninja Batman. That's right. Um so he's he's in a lot of ways a defensive card because of how he takes less damage when he's outnumbered. Yeah. And the way you see him geared a lot of times, and the way we've used him a lot of times, is to gear him as a tank. And when you put his uh, helmet on him, his ninja helmet on him, yeah, he can take even less damage. Batman Ninja Batman's ninja helmet. <laughs> Alright, so maybe it, it, it's good to talk about the principles then in general, but what separates one card from another... Um, so the first thing is whether it's bronze, silver, gold, or metal, and yeah. that has a direct impact on the stats and that tends to have an impact on the passives where the higher, uh, metal compared to gold, compared to silver, compared to bronze tends to have better passives. Yeah. And then you're looking at special quirks, which is what when you're doing. not, unless it's Nightwing, basically. I think Nightwing is the big exception. Oh, that's true, actually. Silver Nightwing, in my mind, is is a way better. I mean, he's not better offensively because his stats are just lower. Yeah. But he's a better tank in every way. Because the thing is, I love the Nightwings because they have power drain. Yeah. And they. So the enemies use less specials and they take less basic damage. Yeah. So c combining a special one with his passive, is perfect. They complement each other right. so well. Right. And that's not quite the special quirks I was thinking about that was separate from that, because that, to me, is like uh, a combination of their stats and passive, right? Yeah. But, um, so, in the case of Batman Ninja Batman, the reason why he's so good, as you implied, Barry Allen, with the Cloak of Destiny, is that uh, he's got... Stun is the initial part of his special two. Yeah. Which allows the Cloak of Destiny to ramp up the damage on special two so that he can do a huge amount um, of w when it's unblocked because the first stun is only a small part of the mm -hmm. the damage of special two. And yeah. then all of a sudden, Cloak of Destiny, they're stunned. Boom. Because, yeah, the multiplier on Cloak of Destiny is more of a damage boosting get from literally any other single piece of gear. Right, right. It's crazy how good it is and most characters don't have consistent stun so you need to use more gear to get stun and it, then it's only sometime but any right. character that has stun the cloak of destiny as we have right. done a lot of especially you know with like batgirl as sort right. is sort of the primary example right can do wicked damage so the cheating answer if you don't have cloak of destiny is to put necron's scythe in there because necron's scythe gives the same boost to stunned opponents yeah and it's got the advantage of um, 
giving you a revive once you've knocked somebody out. Yeah. Um, but let's assume the idea is that you don't have gear to take advantage of it. Yeah. So then you have to look at his passive to figure out what are you going to do with it. So uh, his passive is Ninja Rising. So when outnumbered, Batman receives 50% less damage and is immune to life drain. That's all pa- um, sort of defensive. Yeah. Batman Ninja teammates get plus 20% critical chance and all teammates gain plus 50% power generation from critical hits. Yeah. And it's good that uh, we were specifically asked what's the best offensive gear. Because it's entirely possible that if you don't have Cloak of Destiny, what you'd want to do is pivot and make him a tank. Right. Right. And so we will not go that direction. Yeah. And so what I think to me, the the you'd think that, well, you get plus 50% power generation from critical hits. Maybe you want to make him special specials. I think no, because it's it's, you know what this is like? This is like each level of food production where there's a, a, an inefficiency. Yeah. So if he's not getting critical hits... He's not getting the benefit of that second part of his passive. Guess what? Get more critical hits. Yeah. So I think what you need to do is increase the crit chance. And then the damage will follow naturally from the special, and it doesn't need to be boosted the same way. Right. So you increase crit chance for basic damage, you increase crit chance for specials, whether it's specifically special one or special two, or both of them. Like, I think Tantu Totem boosts the crit chance for special, all specials. Yeah. And then... Um, I mean, the way we like to play, we like to really lean into the one advantage. So if they're going to be offensive, we're going to go full offensive. And if um, he's not augmented, yeah, then try to get as close to 100% crit chance as you can. And anything left over, you do you could boost whatever damage you're going to use on them. Yeah, and especially crit damage because crit damage is always good. Yeah, and it, unlike Flashpoint team where their passive actually gives them a bigger boost and it's not actually worth boosting crit damage, this definitely is. Yeah. And then maybe boosting... Yeah, because boosting crit damage helps with both specials and basics. Yeah. Or because Batman is Batman and he's got fast um, basic attacks, boost uh, basics. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... Uh, that's all I've got to say about that. What do you think? Yeah, I think we're coming up right here on the end of the video or okay. audio if you're listening to this on the podcast. So we should finish up by mentioning that we have a Patreon. And as I have started mentioning recently, if you are the type of person who has listened right from the very beginning and you've gotten all the way here, you spent the last, you know, almost entire hour with us or, you know, you spent an hour with us broken up over multiple listening sessions. However, this has been delivered to your ears uh, you are probably the kind of person who might want to take a second now and consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash BDCKR. It is really cool. It's totally not necessary. It's optional, right? Right. But it's a really direct way of showing us how much you like our stuff, and it's a way that is always really surprising and we're always super appreciative of. So that seems like the kind of thing that you want. It's not going to change the type of content we make or the frequency with which we make content, but if you if it's worth supporting us a little bit in that specific way to make us happy and then maybe make you happy because you're supporting uh, us uh, ideally, right? If it's if you think giving us money would be a net positive on your life for whatever reason, uh, we would love to have your support. And always more importantly than asking for new people to support us is giving a huge thank you to all the other people who have uh, made the decision that giving us money is uh, makes them happier. Yes. <laughs> which, is, which is crazy when you put it that way. It's really cool to think about. So a massive, massive thank you to... Do you want to take it away? Yeah. Um, you know what? I, part of me feels bad because we're in the middle of a fight. I think we're going to cut out early. We've got a lot of footage. And uh, what the heck? I'm going to interrupt it with this. 
Uh, big thank you to Console Peasant, who's supporting us, and we'll, we'll let the fight play out afterwards. Uh, to silence. Console, yeah, who is supporting us at the highest uh, last word tier. I don't think we said his full name, Console Peasant. Console, we, no? we interrupted it a couple of times. I think you said Console, and then Console, and All then right. so we moved on. Let me try that again, get this right. Yeah. Big thank you to Console Peasant, who is supporting us at the highest last word tier. John Ariema at Your Message Here tier. Sean Farrell, Daniel Simonson, and Aaron Mall, who are supporting us on the credited level. And Eddie G., Chris Wolf and Lazlo Georgiatis at the gratitude level. And of course, there's a huge thank you to all of you who are just watching, maybe commenting, liking, doing anything. We do appreciate each and every one of you as well. So thank you so much to all of you. And we'll see you next time. Komoda. Komoda.